Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. All right, we want to welcome everybody to Boxcar Universe right here at the beautiful Boxcar Universe studios. And uh, along with my co-host, Mel Alva. Mel, how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Well, you know, it's it's a great day here in the Valley of the Sun, and it's what we live for here, living here in this beautiful weather. This is true. You can't do that. And getting all ready for a great weekend for all of you that have been tuning in and checking us out online. You've noticed we've done some postings for Tiny Homes in Tiny Fest up at Westworld in Scottsdale this weekend. Saturday and Sunday, and there's going to be a whole lot going on up there. And Mel and I are going to be up there doing a presentation on container homes on Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. So I want everybody to come on out. There's going to be a lot of festivities. There's going to be uh, a lot of things pertaining to all kinds of different kinds of container homes. And it's going to be one one. One happy fest, Mel. What can I say? <laughs> so we're going to have a good time. Plus, there's going to be entertainment up there, too. So it's going to be really good. Um, we're also going to have on the show today, we're going to have um, the gentleman on who actually is, uh, he has a, his name is Ryan Rossi. He's from a company called Foldem. And what it is, it's, it's an actual home that collapses. All the walls collapse, the ceilings collapse, everything collapses flat. And he's he uses this particular all these different kinds of buildings like this to provide, you know, a disaster relief. Uh, people looking for different types of emergency shelters and stuff like that when they when they have floods and all this other kind of stuff. And they use them throughout the country. And um He's a man on the move. I mean, I've spoken to him this week. He's been in Florida. He's been in California. He's been all over the map. That's amazing. I can't wait to talk That's to amazing. him. He's got some really great things. You know, like people say, well, how can a home fold flat? Well, you know, these things happen. <laughs> what can I tell you? But uh, actually, uh, Ryan is actually, his company, Foldem, is going to be out at uh the uh, festival at Westworld this weekend. So I want everybody to make sure you make plans to come out. Uh, it's uh, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. So make sure you make your way over there and uh, should be uh, plenty of parking over there. And for they understand there are, is going to be another uh, event going on over there. Mel, you, you and I will probably really have to take a break and go over and check this out. They have, I believe have they have dog, um, what are they? A dog swimming competition. You're kidding. Yo, they, where they have, you know, they jump in and they have those races. I heard it on the news yesterday. So yeah, At Westworld. Yep, yep. Interesting. It's going to be over there. Say, hey, if we can build a computer, uh, a, a container pool, we can we can have the dogs jump in the pool. <laughs> I mean, you know, we could we have our own Olympics. It's the Dog Olympics. The Dog Olympics. All right. Well, listen, we want to welcome our first guest who is a longtime friend and good sponsor to the show and uh a, the best electrician here in the Valley of the Sun. Sean LaPointe from Mr. Electric is here with us. And uh Sean, how are you doing today? Steve, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, how's uh, how's everything in the electric world? Uh, everything in the electric world is uh, is fantastic. Yeah, what's happening? You know, a lot of times, you know, this is this is this time of the season. I want to get into talking a little bit about some smart technologies, but I want to touch base um, later when we get done talking about that. Probably in our second segment, talking a little bit about one of my old pet peeves in for December, and that's some of the holiday safety things that people try to overdo when they have electric especially when they put up their Christmas lights and especially when you, I see those homes in July that have icicle lights up on the fascia board, you know, you know, Dan gets a kick out of that when I talk to him about that. Cause that just, that's like chalk on a 
uh, on a blackboard to me because it's, it's a hazard waiting to happen. But we want to get into that in a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about some of the smart home technologies and some of the things that people are doing now. You know, it's 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 amazing that they keep creating things out there that are just going to make your life so much easier. I mean, it's like you can walk into your home. You don't even have to be in your home, and you can control your home. It's something like it right out of Star Trek. Right out of Star Trek. Right out of Star Trek. <laughs> you know, if only it were that easy. It's sort of, you know. What <laughs> um, happened? I walk into your house. Steve, make it so. That's yeah, all, that's yeah. all you can do. And so, you know, I used to, you know, you know, dabble in that quite a bit, actually. And it was, I think I was one of the first guys that actually had what was called scene dimming back in the day, where you could uh, you set your lights at a certain level and then recall that, that preset scene at the touch of a button. And, uh, and uh, now there's like so many options for you to be able to do that. The, really, the question is, what's the option that's right for me? That's um, right. You can, you can get bulbs that change colors now, and you can hook it up to Alexa. And uh, will will Alexa, you know, agree with that or not? Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes you need a proprietary hub to make that happen. Sometimes you need proprietary switches. And and for someone that's just getting into this and says, "Hey, I want to be my home to be smart." There's quite a bit of option out there, and it can be a little bit daunting. You know, one of the things that I know Mel deals a lot with when she does design work, obviously, lighting comes into a, a, a big factor yeah. when you do design. That's right. Can make or break an entire room. Absolutely. You know what I find is that um, when when people are putting together a budget for a remodel, oftentimes they overlook the lighting component to that. So they have like a, a pretty substantial budget for, you know, the look and the cabinets and the and the accoutrements, so to speak. And they got a $3 light bulb. I agree with you on that. <laughs> More times than not, actually. Or even like where outlets are being placed. Like, Absolutely, yeah. You know, we I just reviewed plans for a client um, that's building a house out um, on a, the airport at Chandler in Chandler. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, you get your basic electrical plans that everybody will put together. And then there's just a lot that you need to keep adding to that. Um, toe kick lighting is a big one that's mm-hmm. always missed. Or even the outlets behind toilets in case you want to put on the fancy bidet attachment. I can't tell you how many of those we put in after the fact. Right. <laughs> and that that's the thing. It's, you know, we're we're trying to review these plans and go over them continuously so we're not forgetting anything but i mean when in doubt and he's a pilot obviously so there's a hanger attached to the house and there's a whole lot more but um they're they're just the greatest couple ever but uh he called me up and he said you know i went to a party he's like do you think the electrician can uh add an outlet for a disco ball (laughs) there you go i said where in the hangar let me go get my vinyl i'm ready to go they want to put the disco ball on the hangar and and they're just the coolest couple so i'm like need a light for that too you know (laughs) agreed yeah no the ball by itself doesn't do much exactly they'll have the whole setup in there but uh anyway just I think that's a, I I I feel a lead for Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I'll get you hooked up. And um, they're they're a great couple, but uh, no, the electrical is such a big component. I think that uh, it is missed, and unfortunately, you know, if you catch it in like the framing stage, if you're at a new build project, right? You know, maybe you can add stuff to it, but then the more you add, the more you need to just you need to make sure is your panel okay, right? Like. That's a big thing, you it know, is. where yep. you at. But um, yeah, that's, you know, for new builds. But remodels, you're always going to have drywall work. Yes. Yes. Lots. Drywall. Yes. Drywall's easy. There's <laughs> no, no problem there. So you think. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like everybody else, they turn around like, oh my God, you know, it, 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 when you look at it at the scheme, the whole scheme of things, I mean, you know, th- things like, what would you rather have? A drywall repair? Or somebody like short, like your microwave short out, and you've got to run a whole new home run. I I take the drywall any day because it's, it's it's only it's because it's the lesser of two evils. Steve, there's people that <laughs> it's the deal breaker. If you have to cut a hole in the wall, there's the whole thing is just. I'm sorry, we're just not going to do the whole project. And a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to oh, actually is. repair drywall. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's only drywall. As long as you are repainting from corner to corner, because I'll just say, like, if it's in the ceiling, that's the hardest part. Is 
you're going to see that patch. Like even if the drywall is great, now you've got to paint and you always want to just do from corner to corner, which chances are you're the most part if on a ceiling, it's the whole thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So really. But, uh, you know, especially if you happen to step through by mistake. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Has that happened to you before? How many many of those have I done? This is a whole other show. I want to hear about this. (laughs) Tell us more. Oh, I got plenty of stories over my career. Yeah. Oh, Oh, my God. Fortunately, we were pretty good about that. But sometimes, you know, you might slip off a truss or something, and next thing you know, you got a foot through. And and you're right. You can't just just patch the hole. You got to redo the whole scene. That's never happened to me in Arizona. But in Boston, yes. But not. Oh, no. It was a floor actually you'd be surprised my leg went right through thank god you'd be surprised how (laughs) many calls i've gotten the last 30 years of that which exactly that you know the tech is up in the ceiling you know and up in the attic and then all of a sudden you know steve come look at this you know he slipped i said the first day is he okay they say yeah he's fine okay so it's just a drywall issue this is no big deal it's no big deal but you know one of the things that you know with the 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 advent of like the push towards electric cars and everything else obviously is you, if you got to go out and buy an electric car, you have to have a place to plug it in if you have a, have a home, but is your home, you know, does it have the amperage to be able to handle something like that? Does a regular home, can a regular home handle a charger or is that something you got to run like a 50 amp circuit or something in, into it to make it work? You know, it's really the up to the customer if they have like a Chevy Volt or even a Tesla. And if they're just cruising around town, maybe just plugging into a regular 110 volt receptacle would be fine. Um, however, the caveat is that if you want to fully charge that car from, you know, completely empty charge to full, especially with bigger batteries like a Tesla, plugging into that 120 volt outlet is going to take two or three days to charge that battery. Wow. And, uh, wow. That yeah, that long, really? It can be, yeah. It depends on, wow. yeah. So it depends on the size of the battery. So um, usually we, we'll, we'll get a customer that starts out that way and says, no, it's not going to work. I need something better. And so at that point, we're putting in what's called a level two charger. It could be 40 amps, could be 50 amps, could be 60 amps. And this is equivalent to one of your air conditioners running full time, wow. nonstop for eight or nine hours. And so it's a substantial load. On the electrical system. Oh, wow. And if you have a house that maybe was uh, maybe in the historic district or something like that, maybe it only has a hundred amp service, you know, a good portion of that service is now being dedicated to oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's not going to work. To that car. No, typically it's not. No. When Excellent. we go into a home, we'll we'll do a load calculation on the residents to make sure that what they're looking for is, is possible. If we have to upgrade the service, then, then that's a, you know, a solution. And I think homeowners, when, when you, when you, when, uh, that well, you could you could attest to this when you talk to them. How oh, I want to do this kind of like a kitchen remodel or even a whole house remodel. I think uh, uh, like like lighting is one of the things that usually uh, gets left towards the, the back part of the the burner, so to speak. And then also thinking about you know can can the existing house service handle all the new stuff that you're going to put in especially new appliances yeah i was going to say that's probably the biggest thing is you know certain um types of uh ovens or steam ovens and you know now more times than not people are using steam ovens as opposed to microwaves and i get clients that don't even want a microwave in their main kitchen they're like just put it in the pantry we'll put an outlet on a shelf and we'll use it when we need it and you know I, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around that because I don't cook. Um, <laughs> I, I can design great kitchens, but I don't cook in them. Actually, my husband is quite the cook. But, um, uh, but, but anyway, I have a lot of clients that are going towards like that steam oven and it requires um, a higher uh, ampage, you know, like, um, you know, a double oven so yeah. to speak, or you have those little, uh, shorter, like little convection ovens. And, and I mean, there's so many appliances. Now you've got drawer fridges and ice makers and all kinds of gadgets that people want to put in their kitchens and those built-in coffee makers. And you just never know, you really have to read, yeah, you know, the requirements, um, prior to selling anything to your client because yeah. you know then they're designing around this this whole new kitchen and then you realize uh oh it's you you don't have enough space one or um your panel you know needs to be upgraded but um 
Yeah. yeah. You always run into some issues, I guess, here and there, but. Well, I think the, one of the key factors is, is that you need to make sure that, it, I mean, things are constantly changing and upgrading and new things are coming down the pike that, uh, that's one of the things that we like to showcase because we're on the, as we like to say, we're on the cutting edge of the things that are happening in the industry. So this way we could bring that to all the listeners so they understand because some people, you know, you may explain something to them, you know, and, you know, like Mel, you tell somebody maybe, well, you don't, maybe you don't want the microwave. I'm like, why? Why wouldn't I want the microwave? Because they're not up on the technology of what's going on or even uh, with the electric part of the house. So it's, uh, it's all about education. Right. Yeah. And I have a, I have a quick question for you, Sean. Um, so with Tesla and some of the other electric cars that are out there, the different models, their charging ports are in different locations. Is this correct? I don't have an electric car yet. I was thinking about getting On a the Tesla. Vehicle? Yeah. Yes. So I'm asking yeah. because, you know, my, one of my clients, they're obviously putting in charging stations, but they want to have the ability to have different locations in case they change out a car in the future. Do you think that's wise or do you think it is um, something that they'll have like a longer port to charge? I'm just wondering, is it worth spending the money to have, you know, the the wiring and, and all of that stuff put there? And maybe he just caps it and he can use it when he's ready to use it. But um, do you think that they're making longer like charging cord? I mean, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. An extension cord, charging cord. Yeah, I don't the, know. <laughs> the, the, yeah. The, the cord that comes yes. with the charges, you can get them in different lengths. And so my okay. recommendation would be, you're talking a 50 amp circuit basically to, to put one of these into the same circuit that you would run uh, a combination range and, and, and cooktop. So it's a substantial amount of energy. Um, there is new builders now that are kind of future-proofing for those. Um, one's typically plenty, but if you have a car or if you have a family that has two of those vehicles and you got to be able to charge them both, now you're looking at that additional load. And you know, again, is your service going to be big enough? Yeah, they're um, they're getting ready for three yeah, of those yeah, vehicles. Yep. So. Right. Yep. Yeah. All right. And so they do have a 25 foot you know, length core and you can kind of strategically locate that charger maybe midway between the front and the back of the vehicle and, and still be able to get to where you need to go. Gotcha. Yeah. That was my one thing of reviewing the plan. I just thought, I wonder if this is overkill, you know, but yep. all right. Good Absolutely. To know. Yep. All right. We're going to take a short break where you come back. We're going to have more things to go over and some of those holiday safety tips that Sean's going to tell us all about. Make sure that, uh, if you, and I'm going to tell you to make sure that if you haven't taken those icicles down f- for the last year, you better rip them down because I'm going to come down and find them and take them down. We're going to put some new ones up. But uh, I want everybody to hang tight. We'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe right here. Chances are, when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. Who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric, a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480 480- You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. All right, you are listening to Boxcar Universe right here, and we are here with Sean LaPointe from Mr. Electric, and we are talking all things smart home as well as we want to get it. Before we get into the safety tips, I just wanted to touch one more thing about the smart home. You know, one of the things that it is it amazes me that you have now that you could, I mean, you could electrically, you know, you could set your temperature in your home. Like you said, you you have to figure out, well, the lighting, well, what's the, 
what, what's the best ambient lighting for me? What works for me? Do I want to leave any lights on in, in the house while we're gone? I mean, some of those automations that are done, have they, has it all gotten more intricate in, in what you're allowed to do? I mean, you could, you could lock your home electrically now. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what you could do from your, from your uh, smartphone. You can. There's, um, you know, you can do it all piecemeal. You can say, okay, I'm going to buy this lock and I'm going to connect it up to Alexa and it's going to open my door. And yeah, well, can, Alexa's getting a it, workout. Yeah, Alexa is getting a workout. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the unification of all this stuff that does all these things is a little bit more difficult. And if you're trying to find the grand unified system that says, hey, I want to be able to run all this stuff under one name brand manufacturer, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. And you're probably better off bringing somebody in that has you know, a bit of expertise in combining all those systems into a, into a global architecture, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, uh, again, if you're doing a, a major remodel, that's something that you want to take into consideration and, and add it into all the good things that like Mel is going to design for you. Cabinets, flooring, you know, countertops, all that kind of stuff comes, comes into play. And Sean, then, I have a quick question. Is there an app that you recommend uh, one over the other that is for like the smart home that you can turn on your lights, turn it off, lock the doors. Do you recommend one over another? So um, technology is moving at a quick, pretty quick rate. And so I may not be up to speed on the latest and greatest. Um, I wouldn't say that there isn't one single app that's going to globally do that as opposed to maybe integrating a system like Control 4 or something along that lines or um, or uh, Homeworks by Lutron. Gotcha. Which Because some of these devices actually rely on a, a particular hub that has to be installed. Right. And the hub kind of directs traffic and, and right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my short answer. Yeah, just thought I'd ask. I know uh, doing draperies and custom window coverings, they have motors and you can do wireless, but you have to have like a little router. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not as up to speed on all the electrical stuff. And like you said, maybe it's it's just going at a fast pace, but I know that there has to be some kind of a, a router for those to work, but they can actually connect to your phone. You can, can download an yeah. app. So, yeah. 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 All right. Great. I mean, Levington has one like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Lutron has one that's similar for that. And the whole, you know, hey, Alexa, that's what everybody's going for. I just want to be able to speak and, 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 and get my thing happening. Right. Um, but the, the, the nomenclature is what do I call this? And if I have, hey, it's my, my master bedroom light or is it my pantry window or is it my – so now you got to keep track of what you're calling all these things. And, and right. you know, if it's just a couple of two or three things, it's not a big deal. When you're talking a whole entire house, now you got to keep track of it. That's true. All right. And you have to take an educated course on just the naming all the things in your home <laughs> just so you know what to – just so you know what to call everything. And it, What happens if you come home from a party one night and you can't remember? You're in deep trouble. You won't be able to turn anything on. And it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a, a headache to try to get your whatever thing you want to do and get recognized by Alexa. Also, you know, it's a it's a, a task or a, an item or a fix or you know however they call it that gets Alexa to recognize it. Sometimes it's not an easy process. No, I, mean, I, I I would imagine it's not. But you know, like everything else, technology is a wonderful thing when it works. It is. This is a good thing. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, holiday uh, safety when it comes to electric, because I'm sure that, you know, uh, you probably get a lot of calls around, especially in December, when people starting getting overboard and start plugging everything in the world into one one molding strip and wondering why they're blowing blowing their circuit breakers out. You know, I, mean, uh, I don't think a lot of people don't think ahead of time if they were going to have all these elaborate Christmas um, you know, lights and everything else and, and ornaments and everything else. They don't, they don't put in perspective. They just can't, just because they see an outlet that has nothing plugged into it, they think that that can handle it. But a lot of times your home can't. Well, for the longest time, homes were built where to save money, the requirements for GFI was outside, bathrooms, laundry room, garage. And they put it all on one circuit. And we're talking, you're in there blow drying your hair on the same circuit that you could have your 
refrigerator in the garage mm-hmm. on the same circuit that you just now plugged in a Griswold system for, for holiday lighting. <laughs> Welcome to living back east in old houses. Yeah. Now, the prevalence of LED versions of the stuff means that we're using a lot less current. But you still got these wacky connections like the little five-way thing and uh, you got an indoor power strip outside. And then, you know, the first time the temperature drops and the dew rating comes up and we get phone calls. Oh, my circuit's tripped and I can't find the GFI and it's behind a cabinet that somebody built. And, you know, yeah, you're tearing somebody's house apart trying to find the, you know, the reset button, so to speak. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, anymore, it's it's not how much how much you're putting in. It's really the quality of the connections at this point. It's true. And a lot of times, you know, you, you see people like, say, running running cords outside with connections. And I saw something at Home Depot the other day where they actually have, it's it's like an enclosure that's that's watertight where you could plug to, uh, you know, plug a line into an extension cord or something. And it, it, it's almost like it, it covers the whole thing, covers the whole joint and it snaps together. So you actually have some kind of protection over where it's plugged into. Yeah, it doesn't help that your um that your lit up little um deer in the front yard only has a cord on it like three feet long. <laughs> so now I got seventeen little little cords, and I'm all, people and then, have done that. Yeah, yeah. and then you wake up in the morning and it's kind of in a puddle because you know wherever the sprinklers came on is a low spot. Yes, oh, <laughs> see that's one of the things you know you don't have to worry about when you lived in Boston because in wintertime this time of the year, I mean it's rain it doesn't happen. It's mostly snow, yeah. so it's just that gets buried in the snow. Even better. Even better. That's true. That's amazing. But uh, again, it's things that you need to worry about. Don't overload your circuits by plugging in lights all over the place. If you, if you, and the other thing too is, you know, if you were going to have lights in certain areas, and I know I've had customers in the past where they had the forethought that's called say, hey, I know I need to call Mr. Electric because I need an outlet over here at the, you know, on the backside of the fascia board because I want to run lights across and I don't want to run cords down the wall. It looks tacky or I don't want them laying on the ground. I want to be able to just, you know, put them up on the fascia board and plug it in and you just can't see them. Those kind of, those people just, you know, they, they give some thought into their Christmas designs, but other times, you know, it's just like, every man for himself just plug them in wherever they were there is an outlet and hope that i don't blow a circuit but uh that could happen very much on the inside too because if you got to go back in and you know a lot of people you know uh they still use you know they still go out and put a live tree in their house and that's another thing you got to be careful on what you're plugging into at the same time too don't let the tree dry out Got to make sure that you keep the tree watered so this way, you know, don't leave the lights on in your home on your Christmas tree if you're not home. That's one of the things that a lot of people, well, yeah, I just, well, nothing's going to happen. Well, yeah, but you don't know what's going to happen when you're not there. And if something does happen, you're at least you're there. You could, you can address it. You could, if it, God forbid the thing starts smoldering, I mean, and you're there, at least you could, you may be able to save your house. Man, you got me so worried. I'm not sure I'm going to put a tree up this year. <laughs> it's really funny because. And he's the electrician. Come on now. Right. I was just looking at our tree. We just, it just no, went up. I'm, and I'm, there was like a bunch of plugs on it. Now you mentioned it. It I had know. to be five or six or seven coming off the bottom of that thing. Yeah, I'm I'll tr- yeah, seriously. Well, you put a, put a, put a, um, a uh, you know a moly strip that has a, a circuit breaker in it. We actually have one that has a foot switch. Yeah, and so I when mean, you're not watching it, you hit the foot switch, it turns yeah. the whole thing off. Yeah, that's absolutely. so convenient. Yeah. Then you don't yeah. have to bend over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Saying. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> I was gonna say though, I think being from back east, I I mean, we only had fresh trees every year, but yep. the the second we came out to Arizona, we went to get a fresh tree and realized very quickly that that tree was old. Like uh-huh. it was not fresh, even though they sell it as fresh. So I think by the time you get some of these trees into your house, they've already been sitting on a lot for X amount of days. I mean, who knows? But um, I think that's probably the biggest problem. I mean, at least in Boston, when you have the house fires and it's around the Christmas time, they're using these bigger bulbs that create more heat. And that's what, as a kid, like growing up and they would teach you, hey, tell your parents, don't use this, use the smaller ones. And now they have better lights that are available. 
Um, but that doesn't mean accidents can't happen, you know? Sure. So you just got to be careful. But like the fake trees have the cords already attached to them, right? Like, yes. or the, or they're the, the pre-lit ones. Um, but yeah, never leave your lights on. Yeah. Just check it out. Sean, tell our listeners again, how they can contact you. Oh, Mr. Electric. Um, we're the only ones in town. So we do service the entire Valley and, uh, the outskirts around, uh, around Phoenix as well. We even go uh, down to Pinal County in a little bit, uh, Eloy and Maricopa and Casa Grande. Uh, you can reach us on the web at uh, www.mrelectric.com, and uh, and they will uh, a lot of contact information there. Um, our uh, phone number four eight zero five zero three one three three nine. Press one to set an appointment. Press two for everything else. Everything else <laughs> eliminates the <laughs> robocalls. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's right. And then you can also find the link to Mr. Electric on the Boxcar Universe website. Uh, just look for that uh, that yellow uh, Mr. Electric uh, logo on the right-hand side of the homepage, and you'll be able to click and go right to their website, and uh, you'll be able to contact them right there. But, uh, Sean, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. Good glad you're here. I hope you guys have a great, uh, you know, great holiday season, good December, and, you know, Christmas is going to be here real soon. So just uh, hang tough. Don't par- Don't party too much. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Sean. You bet. Yes, thanks All for right, take on. care. All right, that was Sean LaPointe from Mr. Electric, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with Ryan Rossi from that great company called Foldem. And if you don't know what that is, you need to come back after the break, and we're going to tell you all about what that company is doing to help so many people throughout the country. So stay tuned. You're listening to Boxcar Universe right here. Mel Alva with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion-meets-design sense to execute timeless interiors style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at alvainteriorsaz, and on Instagram at alvainteriors. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe, and we have with us on the line Ryan Rossi. He is the CEO of a great company called Foldem. And Ryan, thanks for taking the time out. I know you're you're traveling all across the country and uh, appreciate you being on the show and taking time to talk to us today. I appreciate it, uh, you having me. All right, great. So um, if, uh, if I remember correctly, you are in Florida now? Yes, just flew into Miami. It's art week down here and we have an artist painting one of our units. And I'm having several meetings down here with uh, different uh, developers and some service providers for homeless housing. And so it's just a great week to be mingling with people because there's so many here and a great showcase for uh, our units uh, that, um, that that we're able to have over here. Since we're from California, it's a, it's a challenge to, uh, to to go coast to coast, but uh, it's, it, it seems to be worth it. No, absolutely. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about your company. Sure. So um, my partner, Travis Zeman, and I are uh, contractors, uh, multi-generational California contractors. And uh, about 2019, we um, I was actually using a, a shipping container as an office on a job, but it didn't have any power and it didn't have any insulation in it and it was really hot. And I was renting it and paying uh, for the rental. And I was thinking, I need something better than this or something different. And I found these units that were insulated, that were about the same size as a shipping container, and that folded down to be able to fit 10 or 12 in one shipping container. And so the same price to ship one, I could ship 10. And so my thought was, I'm just going to fix up the other ones and sell them and have them pay for themselves. 
well, my my partner Travis is really good finish uh, uh, carpenter contractor, and he made it so nice that uh, we ended up taking it to Tiny Fest in uh, 2001 on May 13th, 2001. We met Renee there, and uh, we had such a good response from the build out of this little 156 square foot uh, unit that we decided to make it a company. And fast forward up to now, we've gone to like 15 different shows from natural disaster shows to tiny festivals to home shows. And we've got lists of thousands of people that are interested in them. And so now we're trying to get into warehouse uh, and start going into production mode. We've been building them one at a time, but that's the most expensive way to do it. And so we're gonna try and get a bigger space where we can uh, really start mass producing them. Well, that's just pretty incredible. And it when you see, see them, how they all fold together in the transportation of it must be, uh, it's going to have to save you a, a, a ton of money, really, if you need to send multiple units. Like, say, for instance, like, what was um, what was one of the latest disasters that you had sent in uh, your units to? So right now, I mean, the, the hurricane that just went through Florida, that hit Fort Myers, we're talking with uh, multiple groups down there right now who are saying that there's going to be... Um, possibly over a year worth of need down there for first responders. There apparently a few weeks ago was still about 600 people in a high school auditorium on cots. And so we're right now finalizing some, uh, some uh, proposals with them to get them the 50 units that we have right now on hand to, to set, it up, set them up there. Um, again, we're, we're a brand new company and we're trying to get to where we have more in stock so that we can respond to, uh, to all these disasters. But what's happened is we've gone to these natural disaster shows and made connections with the people that are, that are needing it, that are looking for it. And our goal is to be able to uh, build up our inventory so that we can respond immediately after, because it seems like, um, you know, FEMA does show up, but sometimes it can be six, nine months later. And uh, our goal is to be able to rapidly respond so that we can be right there and have a place for these first responders to stay. We're, 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 we're just beginning the process, though. Yeah, that's, it's just pretty amazing. You know, that we always think about that. Well, what do these people do? You know, like after, like in a flood, well, what happens after the rain stops? You know, where, where do these people go? You know, are they, are they going to, obviously I know you hear the, well, they're going to schools or they're going to some major sports facility because that's the only place that could house large numbers of people. But when you think about it, you know, it you, you might be able to put a roof over their head, but you know, you know, you're, you, you're taking all these families in this natural disaster and just basically putting them all together and saying, okay, for, for now it's okay, but no, obviously by using your units, I think um, the stress of of the whole ordeal is going to be less on the individual because it'll be they'll still have somewhat of their own, you know, uh, limited privacy. Wouldn't you think? Exactly. The, the 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 feedback that we're hearing right now is that. Uh, a disaster happens and the first people to show up, hopefully no one's there, hopefully everyone's evacuated, but the first people to show up to clear the roads, to repair roofs, to get things back in order are these first responders. And what we're hearing from them is that they can't stay anywhere near where they're working. Uh, the first hotels that are available are taken up by the power companies and by FEMA. And so they have to stay sometimes two, three, four hours away from their working. And so that just really uh, takes away from their effectiveness when, they, when they're when they doing their work right after a disaster. And so our goal is to set up little command centers, little work man camps and work camps so that they can um, stay close to where they're working and just be be more efficient, more effective. Uh, and then the, the second factor is, um, is for individuals. A lot of times when uh, a flood or, or, or a tornado or hurricane goes through, um, you know, insurance companies will put them up in hotels, but people kind of want to be by their house because of looting or to start the process of rebuilding. And so the ability to be able to drop these off in people's driveways and make it so that they can have solar power uh, tanks so that they can uh, uh, be able to, to shower and, and use the restroom and uh, have a, a small kitchen. Uh, it, it, 
it's uh, so valuable. The, the thing that most people are using after disasters uh, that's the cheapest and the fastest is tents, but a tent can only last so long. It's not insulated. Uh, it's not very secure. And then the next thing that people are using is RVs and RVs can be so expensive. And so that's our sweet spot. We're trying to be more efficient and more civilized than a tent, but more, but more cost-effective than an RV. Well, that's so, so important. All right, Ryan, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up. But uh, for those of you who joined us late, we're speaking with uh, Ryan Rossi from the company called Foldem. He's going to be out with us over at Westworld this weekend at Tiny Fest Southwest. And uh, we're looking forward to a great turnout for everybody. And uh, uh, just the fact of some of the information that we've gotten so far from Ryan, it's just uh you know, it's just something that you filled a niche for. And we, have, we want to thank you for helping all those people that you have and all of the people that you're going to be helping in the future with your your building. So I think it's uh, really uh, awesome. But uh, let's go to break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe right here. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Star Building Supplies 3 Valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. All right. You're listening to Boxcar Universe right here, and we are talking with Brian Rossi from the great company called Foldem. And uh, Brian, you know, uh, we were talking during the break, you know, thinking about obviously the, the uniqueness of it being able to fold together the the house. But tell us a little bit about the construction of the unit itself. Okay, so. Um... It's galvanized sheet metal and insulation in the walls. And uh, it's only about two and a half inches thick. So you get about an R7 uh, uh, insulated value. We have a nano coating that we've been applying to it that actually doubles the R value. It's just a spray like a paint. And a lot of people seem to be interested in that. It's something on our products page on our website. And it's pretty amazing how uh, efficient that works. But the 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 rest of it uh, it it folds just on basic hinges, and uh, in the, the the roof and the 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 walls are all insulated. So the the feeling that you have on the inside is a much cooler experience than if you were just in a uninsulated shipping container. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, the, the the great part about there not being any wood or drywall is that um, it's fireproof. It's very easy to clean. Um, we have three different types of units. Our A1 is for disaster relief, and that one still folds down and folds back up. And then we have flat pack bed systems that turn into tables and benches, and we can sleep up to eight people in it. And then we have our R1, which is our double unit, which turns our uh, one unit with a wall in the middle into two 75 square foot spaces that were uh, pitching to cities for homeless housing. And I mean, basically you can go in to one of these units, take the mattress out, hit it with a pressure washer and put a mattress back in and it's good to go for the next person, which uh, a lot of people have been really appreciating the fact that it's so easy easy to clean without the drywall. There's no uh, mold factor that uh, is in place. And with the wood, there's no rot or, or no fire uh, hazard. And these are all the things that hit a lot of these cities uh, checklists. But uh, at the same time, we have our third unit is the T1 and We've been putting a full 36 inch shower in there, a proper porcelain toilet, hot water heater, uh, AC with heat, a queen size bed, and it is like a mini hotel room. It's all you need uh, with 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 not much much wiggle room, but uh, enough to where you could have a civilized, comfortable night's sleep, shower, and and even a little area with refrigerator to to prep a meal. 
Um, and it, for, it's not for everyone, but for some people, it's an ideal backyard scenario where they could have a guest or where they could have their, their kids stay in it. Uh, we, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from many people on, on the way that we're building out, even though we haven't even used the designer yet. So I might be calling you Mel later and uh, getting you some opinions on uh, what we should do with it, because basically we just I've been buying things from Home Depot and putting them in. And uh, ultimately, though, we'd like to build it out like a boat where everything's thought out and uh, ergonomic and efficient. And hopefully in the next few uh, iterations of our of our units, uh, it'll get there. Well, I would love to talk to you about that. I'm I'm looking at your website now and I have some ideas. I, I think uh, maybe we could have a nice little collab here. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. But um, right. But so your facility is in California, correct? Yes, we have a, a small construction office in downtown L.A., one in Oceanside. And we just purchased a two and a half acre lot in Indio where we're having a big open house uh, in December, and we're going to be having a showroom there with a lot of our units, and uh, we're really excited about that, but we're trying to move into uh, an even bigger warehouse so that we can uh, hopefully somewhere in the San Diego area, because that's where, where we live, uh, but we know that's the most expensive place to uh, to have warehouse space and uh, labor, and so eventually we, we might have something down here in Florida and maybe something in Texas to to really start vamping up our production you know phoenix isn't such a bad place either oh phoenix is great yeah. i was going to ask you ryan are you um are you expanding your team are you guys looking for people to come in and help construct these or where are you guys at there we we are we're uh trying to finalize some funding rounds right now some uh uh we're talking with equity investors and if anybody is uh, interested in investing, we're, we're ready for that because our, we, we know that, that uh, the need is so massive. There's you know, hundreds of thousands of homeless every year. Just in the United States, 1.5 million people get displaced by natural disasters. And there's, there's just so many needs for this rapidly deployable housing. I mean, we, we've even been talking with uh, uh, some concert venues about setting up uh, housing that's better than the tents that they've been setting up. And it's the kind of thing that we could have a leasing arrangement and, and getting these to go to sporting events, music events. And so our goal really is to grow and grow really fast. And so um, maybe not this week, but hopefully in the months coming up, we're going to be doing a lot of hiring. Well, I'm interested in talking to you a little bit more about that. And and you will be at the show, right, at Tiny Fest? That is my plan. I yeah. haven't bought my ticket yet, but I plan to fly in uh, tomorrow. Excited to meet you. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. We'll, be, <clears throat> we'll be there. And uh, we've got our uh, Boxcar Universe booth in the, you know, in the building. So we'll be there. So we'll be able to connect with you. Excellent. And we've been talking about turning one of our units into a podcast studio. So it's a mobile podcast studio. So it might not be this year. Well, definitely not this year, but maybe next year we'll bring one out there and we can record one of these things live inside a uh, Foldham house. Oh, that would be awesome. I know just the person to come film it for us too. (laughs) But uh, Ryan, tell our listeners a little bit about um, how they could contact you other than coming out to Westworld this uh, weekend. Our website is foldum.com, F-O-L-D-U-M.com, and it's got everything there, all our social media, uh, YouTube videos, uh, Instagram, we put put stuff out there, um, and and our number's on there, too. Give us a call if you're interested in, in getting a unit or, or investing or or doing a collaboration, because we know that we can't do this all ourselves to, uh, to mass produce these things, and so we're looking for partners. Yep. That's it's a great it's a great it's a great product and we really look forward to seeing it live in live and in person this weekend, Ryan. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Ryan. Excellent. All right. That was Ryan Rossi from the company called Foldum. Make sure you come out this weekend and uh check his uh his products out. I mean, it's just something simply amazing. You know, Mel, the one thing I was thinking about, like, okay, so we have all these <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's wrong with my voice today. Um, <clears throat> we're having, uh, the things that he wants to put in, like once the building is erected, you know, is unfolded, so to speak, and you could still put those, 
other things in like the shower and all that. Um, they'd be interested to see how fast something like that could be erected because when it's put together and put all those things in, so somebody could literally go in and stay in there, it's got to be, it's got to be pretty amazing and pretty quick. Well, I, I wonder if that's something that they're going to be filming. Well, I could, you be. know, as they're setting up and, uh, uh, you know, if uh, Ryan is still listening in, that maybe maybe they kind of take cue on that because I think that'd be an interesting video to watch on the website. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We want to thank our, our guest, uh, Ryan Rossi, and also Sean LaPointe uh, earlier today talking about, you know, all the electrical things you need to know about for the holidays as well as you know, uh, getting ready for 2023 and uh, let's make your house a smart house. I think that's one of the things you can think and Sean could surely help you with that if you are uh, interested in doing that and make that one of your New Year's resolutions. I know Mel and I have uh, some resolutions that we need to make for 2023. (laughs) Haven't gotten around to thinking about them yet, but I'm sure they're going to be coming out as fast as uh, Christmas is uh, pretty much upon us here. But uh, again, we want to make sure you think about what you are doing with your home, making sure that you're thinking of going and doing a container home. Make sure you come out and see us this weekend at Tiny Fest. We're going to have a lot of information. Um, and we're going to have a great presentation on Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock uh, at the uh, seminar area right at Westworld. Come out and see us. And we've got a, um, one, of our, uh, one of our great partners is going to be with us talking about the construction of all kinds of different container homes and different things. And we're going to be showcasing them on our presentation. So if you are interested and that's what you'd like to do and look forward to do some sustainable living, come out and see us this weekend. And remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great week.